0: You're listening to the Morning punch Show with RBNJ, live and direct For more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi.
1: Good morning, everybody. It is RB and Jay. This is the morning punch-in show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, October 30th, 2017. Our guest on the hotline Blink today is Adrian Granados. He has to be the hardest match dude in boxing of the last decade. My goodness, he has fought Leonardo Tyner, Frankie Gomez, Felix Diaz, Brad Sullivan, Amir Adrian Broner, and this Saturday in New York, he faces Sean Porter. So, we're going to get a bunch of good stuff for Granados today. This fight with Showtime, Sean Porter is going to be a toughie. It is definitely not a tune up. I don't even think tune up is in Granados' vocabulary. Let me bring on my PIC, my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LeBeuf. What's good, Jay?
2: Oh, it ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. You're back. My goodness. I'm so happy you're back. I'm so happy to be doing this on a Monday. I'm so happy to talk about some boxing. What's good in Inglewood? It's cloudy. It's finally cooled down. We're going to talk about these fights because boxing is shifting to the East Coast so I can sit back a little bit and watch it a little bit more as a fan. As we go through the end of the year, I'm lit to talk to Adrian Granados, because he's never boring, never dull, and he talks never. that shit when he comes on. So I'm really excited to be back with you. Welcome back. And I'm excited to be with the fans, and I'm excited to talk to Granados this morning. So it's going to be a good show.
1: I, I am so happy to be back. People don't understand that this show is such a high for me. And the past couple weeks, I was in North Carolina promoting a show. That went really well, by the way. But I was missing the morning punch-in show like you wouldn't believe. I I miss everybody, our listeners, Jay. I mean, we have so much fun on this show. Um, So I'm so happy to be back. Real quick, though, I have to plug the show in North Carolina real quick. We had some really good fights. I know North Carolina is not known for boxing, but there are some decent fighters down there. They all signed up to be in really tough matchups. They all stood up. They all stepped up in fights. We had some major career-defining fights. We had some devastating knockouts. Shout-out to Stevie Massey from Charlotte, North Carolina, who won the main event against Marco Bailey, Joe Jackson, knocked out Manrico Goldston. I know these names don't mean a lot to you, but we had some really, really, really great and entertaining fights, and there's some talent down there that's really worth talking about. So, I'm just happy to be back though. That's behind me. Just, Jay, I've
2: been missing you. I've been missing you, too. And I think people don't realize, they think, oh, it's just an hour. RB can jump on. If you've never promoted a show, then you just have no idea how all-consuming. I don't even fully know how all-consuming it is because I don't work on that side of boxing. An hour in a day is a lot when you're trying to do a show. And so kudos to you, RB, for holding it down. Shout-out to North Carolina for showing up. Durham and coming out and seeing the fight, Mm -hmm. but we're back with you. We missed you. We want to talk to you. We want you to call in. We want you to
1: sound off, hashtag us, all that. Well, and you know, not only is promoting a show hard, but doing a podcast is not easy either. I mean, me and Jay, we put in so many hours behind the scenes that I would never want to just jump on and act like I know what I'm talking about or try to be in the know You know, we take this serious and we want to be knowledgeable. Yes, we love to have fun. But we also, you know, like to hold our own. So, uh, anyway, that's what we've been working on, getting back into the swing of things. We do want to play Know It or Blow It today, which is brought to you by TheBoxingInsider.com. Today's prize will be a signed boxing glove by Mike Tyson. You have to call in 718-508-9852. Press 1 to play. We need players today. We want to give away a signed autograph glove by Mike Tyson. Please call in. We'll be playing "No or Blow and going to the phone lines later. Anyway, Jay, why don't we jump right into it because our hour goes by so fast? And let's start with the fight recap from last weekend on Friday, the World Boxing Series. Uh, well, I can't even pronounce his name.
2: Here. See, I'm not ready. Oops. Well, I thought it was Brammer, and now that I've got it on uh, Bramer, y'all, somebody who's listening to the show, can y'all tweet it to us phonetically how to say these names, like, you know, with dashes, just in case I'm doing too much? Like, sound it yeah. out for you girls. <laughs> but yeah, let's well, do it. Bramer
1: yeah, won a un, wide unanimous decision over Rob Brandt from Texas. And so, whole mouth faced Callum Smith in the semis. Rob Grant said after the fight that he is moving back down to 160. Middleweight is his natural weight class, but he put up a really good effort at super middleweight. Um, no mm-hmm. knocking him there. Derek James has done an amazing job this year, not only with Rob Grant, but with Earl Spence and Jamel Charlo. So he's got himself a stable of pit bulls down there in Dallas. Um, mm. It was a good I mean, it was a good fight. Rob Grant, he held his own. You know, can't knock him too much.
2: He did what he needed to do. It's always a tough fight. A lot of these fights are tough fights in the World Boxing Super Series. But, uh, oh, okay. Thank you, homie, for uh, giving us the sound out. It's Jurgen Brahmer. Oh, okay. It is Brahmer. But Brahmer uh, was just too much in this matchup. He was the better man. So now he moves on in the World Boxing Super Series for his next big challenge. But, yeah, tough fight. He did what he could, but tough fights. All those fights are tough.
1: Yeah. World Boxing Series, definitely on a roll. You know, tournaments usually do work in boxing. You know, we've seen it in the past Mm -hmm. um, when ESPN did their Boxino tournament. It was really popular. You know, when Andre Ward won, you know, that tournament on on Showtime, it did really well. So these tournaments, they work, um, and they've been really, really fun to watch. Saturday on Showtime, Anthony Joshua versus Carlos Tocum. Anthony mm-hmm. Joshua retained his IBF and WBA heavyweight titles with a 10-round stoppage over Tacum. Now, some people were upset that it went 10 rounds. Um, mm-hmm. They felt that Joshua, you know, didn't look up to par, but I don't think anybody's given Carlos enough credit. I mean, he's an adorable guy. He came to fight. Yes, he took the fight on a 12-day notice, but he's tricky, and he's a tough son of a bitch.
2: Right? Right. You know, it's funny. I was one of those people too. I have to admit, I'm not going to front that. I was surprised that the fight went that long, but at the same time, I had to really check myself and think. We complain about mismatches, and I was one of the main ones on Twitter crying about how I was watching a fight, a fighter get devastated because it was an obvious mismatch. And then now we have a competitive fight, and then I'm like, hey, I can't believe the fight went that long. <laughs> we want competitive <laughs> fights, so you know, I had to take a little self stock on myself for that, but. You know, definitely the stoppage, uh, I thought I I was cool with stoppage. He was getting that work. Yeah. I mean, he didn't like the stoppage, but he was getting brutalized.
1: Yeah, you know, and and Joshua, he got some good rounds in. You know, nothing fascinating, but he got in some good rounds. I do feel like he's a little heavy. You know, he weighed in his heaviest ever at like 254, um, which is probably a little too big for him. I think moving forward, you know, that's probably not where he wants to be. Um, I think he needs to be a little lighter just to be a little quicker on his feet. Uh, But I think that this win did teach Anthony Joshua something, you know, in every fight, I always say that a fighter should learn a little something from it. I mean, if you're just fighting bums and bums and bums, you're really not getting any better. This guy, Carlos Tatum definitely was not a bum. He crushed Mm -hmm. Anthony Joshua's nose early in the fight and what I saw was Anthony Joshua maintained his, com- his composure. He stayed really calm. Right. He stayed patient. Some fighters would fall apart if they broke their nose. You know what I mean? Like, right. And his right. nose was crushed, but he continued to remain composed. He broke the guy down in front of him. You know, he had to fight through a little adversity. I'm sure it wasn't easy breathing through, you know, a broken nose, no matter how minor it seems. You know, those are things that are going to improve a fighter. By leaps and bounds, you know, going through adversities like that in fights.
2: Right. He, what also, I, you know, kudos to Carlos Hackham. They say that the opponent that comes in the last minute could be potentially your most dangerous opponent. We've seen that happen in the past. Also, back to what mm-hmm. you were saying about his weight, I have that same fear. I think that was too big for him. I mean, in real life, it's cracking. But in the boxing ring, I think it's a little bit too big because. He could be prone. He's getting so muscular now. I would hate to see him start getting prone to injuries like muscle tears, like Tim Bradley when he would, would come out just super-duper ripped, and he would have all these muscle tears because I think it decreases your mobility. Listeners, check me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but I would prefer, as you, to see him a little, bit, a little bit leaner, still strong and tough, but not so muscular. He's not playing football. He's boxing. Yeah. And that probably taught so him a over- lesson, too, in his life.
1: Yeah, so over his last two fights, Anthony Joshua, he has now been able to put 160,000 fans in the seats to watch him. So the first fight was Klitschko, huge fight, you know, 80,000 people showed up. Then on Saturday, against a relatively nobody that's known, right, Mm -hmm. Right. 78,000 people showed up to watch him fight like pretty much like a no-name And that's a lot of pressure, and I think it's a lot of burden on Anthony Joshua, like, to perform, to entertain, to win, to knock people out. And, of course, after the fight, they were asking him, you know, why didn't the knockout come? And and he's like, come on, man, I know that's what you guys want to see, but, you know, I got to do my job. And so I think it's becoming a lot of pressure. You got 80,000 people, and they're screaming. They want you to annihilate somebody, and he still has to Mm -hmm. perform. You know, he still has to win. But needless to say, 80,000 people showed up, Jay.
2: Ain't no dark sections in that arena. You know, so many many broadcasts, we see they cut the lights down. It's like, where's the rest of the arena? You're going to see every bit of the arena when he fights. Everybody's turning out. It makes me feel almost like Bud when you say everybody turns out, the bloods, the cribs, the hood, the farmers. And I feel like it's the same thing with him. Out of a, In an arena of 90, 80,000, you're going to have a wide array of people, and it's pretty exciting to see a sport where people are excited. When Eddie Hearn was out here, he said that his main focus, and that's what he's looking to do out here, is he wants to bring a lot of uh, – he even wants to market to the ladies because, you know, women come, men are going to come. And it's genius. Mm. So many women like boxing, too. He's like, I want to make sure everybody has have- – I want some beautiful ladies coming. I want the men to come. I want it to be festive and great fights. So if he is able to accomplish that in New York, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the show, that's quite a feat. But back to Anthony Joshua, that is impressive. You can't hate on that. 70,000, people to see a boxing match, that's crazy. That's just bananas. I love it. <laughs>
1: You mentioned about having a woman fan base, and this goes over a lot of people's heads, you know, because everybody's so macho that watch boxing. But some of the fighters who've made the most money in boxing ever had huge women fan bases. Muhammad Ali, Mm -hmm. Sugar Ray Leonard, Mm -hmm. Oscar De La Hoya, Floyd Mayweather. If you get the women to buy your fights and come support you and buy your T-shirts and your merchandise, man... You know, that, that's the yeah. full package when you got the women screaming over you, too. Um, so, anyway, after the fight, Joshua did say, look, I can't afford to mess up. Everything is bubbling nicely for me for 2018. But without self-discipline, I would be reckless. And so I love mm-hmm. that attitude because he understands how big he's getting and how things are bubbling for him. But he also understands that if he doesn't stay disciplined, it's gonna be a wrecking ball
2: that's right uh, it, it's a I just told you before we went on the air this morning because you know y'all know how I feel about uh Anthony Joshua. I was um, had my phone in front of me and I saw that he went live. Here we are what two days after the fight where you just mentioned he had a nose that got busted up this guy is out with his friends. They're playing soccer and they're, you know, playing around and he's probably going to go to the gym. That's very, very impressive. And as you say many times, you have to fully commit yourself to this life. You can't part time be a champion. Your full life has to be fully enmeshed. And there's going to be people be like, oh, he's got family and friends. If you want to be the champ, you have to sacrifice and you got to make it happen. And part of that sacrifice too is being on the grind to make sure you have money coming in when you're not. The great yeah, they make sure right. they have money coming in.
1: You're right. So what's next for Anthony Joshua? Let's talk about location. You know, everybody's like, mm. Oh, he needs to come to the United States for a big nah. fight. Sure, okay. So Eddie Hearn, you know, he made it very clear that if the money is right for him to come to the United States, then that would be, you know, a sufficient enough circumstance to bring him over here. But if he's putting seventy six thousand people you know, in a stadium with a little known opponent, then, you know, he's probably going to keep him over there and he's probably going to fight at Wembley Stadium or something like that. So I don't see them rushing Anthony Joshua over here to fight at the MGM Grand, you know, anytime no. soon. Frequency. No, definitely. Eddie Hearn mentioned. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Hearn mentioned after the fight that the plan is for Joshua to fight three times in 2018 starting in March or April. I'm cool with that. I would love to see him fight three times next year. Awesome. Yeah. Same over here. Yep. Let's talk about possible opponents. Everybody's screaming for the wilder fight, you know, yada, yada. But Eddie Hearn has different plans. He would like Wilder to fight Dylan White next. So, okay. So then who's left out there for Anthony Joshua? Well, David Hay has a fight December 17th with a rematch with Tony Bellew. You know, that could become a suitable opponent. Maybe the winner of that Mm -hmm. fight would attract a significant audience over there for Anthony Joshua. But Joshua and Eddie Hearn, they have the freedom to select whoever the fuck they want right now, don't they?
2: I mean, they really do. I mean, really, if they wanted <laughs> like, to get a Kraken, they have the they could get a uh, big baby Miller to get in the ring with him. They've got a lot to choose from. They have his opponent that
1: just got injured. That's
2: oh, they could cycle back and get. Yeah, I think it's
1: going to depend on whether. I, I think it's going to depend whether the WBA demands that he faces another mandatory, um, like the IBF, mm-hmm. you know, enforce tack them on him. Um, So the logical next opponent, regardless, um, if it went the route of the WBO, would be Joseph Parker, who is known in the U.K. Mm -hmm. He defeated Fury Fury. Um, He's a fellow champion, which would allow Anthony Joshua to unify a third of four world heavyweight titles.
2: Hey, we I feel kind of sorry. Not feel sorry. Let me not misconstrue that. And I don't want to sound like a hater. He doesn't have to rush to fight Wilder unless he wants to. He's got, it's another um, Vladimir Klitschko situation. Yeah, Klitschko came over here a couple times, but the majority of the time he fought in Germany because he knew 70, 80,000, 80, 80, 90,000 people would show up in an in arena, and at the end of the day, it's still prize fighting. He'll make his way through there and the legacy. He'll leave his legacy on the sport, but right now he's young. he got time. Wilder's young, too, well, for all intents and purposes. Well, this, is kind, they got this
1: time. is kind of like, listen, this is kind of like Canelo and Golovkin. When everybody was screaming mm. that Canelo had to fight Golovkin, Canelo and Golden Boy were like, we're going to fight him when we feel like it, not when y'all right. tell us to fight him. This is the same situation. Anthony Joshua has all the bargaining power right now. He is the star power right now. So, you know, as much as Lou DiBella wants to scream and Wilder wants to... <laughs> Put up Instagram posts and everything else. They're really not the shot callers here.
2: Can we can we just take a moment? Can we take a pause for the cause and talk about this this trolling Eddie Hearn's been doing on Twitter on Lou? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ! God, he God. got some Twitter. He got some Me- Twitter fingers too. We, if you're not following them both, you better tune in now. You'll get a good show. Eddie Hearn, Lou DeBella, follow them both on Twitter. You'll be entertained, but. Yeah. Lou, I, I, I expect a full Lou DeBella rant. Shout out to Lou DeBella. I know you listening to the show. You know we ain't got nothing but love for you. But I expect a full rant coming soon. And it's going to be a good one. And I'm here for it. I'm with it.
1: Well, meanwhile, in Wilder's world, Deontay Wilder thinks that him and Al Heyman, I think he thinks that they're in charge, that they're the shot callers here in relation to this potential fight. And I don't really think they are. I mean, Eddie Hearn has stated 100 times already that he wants Wilder to defend his WBC belt against Dylan White. He offered him $3 million plus TV rights for Wilder to go to England to face Dylan White. And Wilder's screaming, I want $7 million to fight Dylan White. Like, damn, I think Wilder's highest payday was like $2 million. So,
2: I, you know, kind of <laughs> keep that in
1: mind. Keep that in mind. Um, you know, and Hearn wants to do this to build up the Joshua Wilder fight. I don't think that he's trying to hide Anthony Joshua. I think the reason for that is that Wilder isn't really known like that outside of the United States. So to be able to pay Wilder $10 million, $20 million to fight Anthony Joshua, well, Hearn wants to build that fight. He wants to make the fight bigger in the U.K., uh, which is where the fight would be held. Let's be clear. It's not coming to the MGM Grand. It's not coming to Barclays Center. So, you know, I think there's going to have to be a lot of compromise there.
2: Check this out. I did a quick Google since we're talking about Wilder purses. I found this on a site, and they're citing sports money as a site. So here's the rundown mm-hmm. of uh, Wilder's biggest fight purses. Um, when he fought Bermaine Stevern, he won uh, the first time $4.5 $1.4 against Molina, $1.4 against Duopas, $1.5 against... 1.5 against Areola, 900,000 against Washington, and uh, and reportedly 5 million against Severn. Oh, really? Maybe
1: He's going to make 5 yeah, million I, against Severn this weekend? That's what this site is saying.
2: I have not authenticated. It says they're citing, um, it's on a site called, well, We'll have to check this out. I'm gonna look into it a little Wait, bit more, but Jay. reportedly five million dollars for this fight against Savern.
1: Okay, so so what's been his highest payday before Severn, Out of all those numbers that you just read,
2: Severn the first time four point five, and that was in twenty fifteen. Wow,
1: I didn't yeah. I didn't think he even got that much. Well, anyway, Jay, it's at the eight twenty. Yeah, it's at, it's at the eight twenty mark, and I really want us to stay on time today because we got Adrian Granados calling in. Let's go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back for Jake's take with Jake Donovan.
0: For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance. Career-ending injury insurance along with illness insurance is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at johnfrancisagency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind is protecting your wealth. You're rocking with the morning punching show with RB and J. and now it's time for Jake's take. She.
1: Good morning, yeah.
3: Jake Donovan. Good morning, Raging Babe. Good morning, Jay. So good to hear your voices again. I
1: know. I feel like the three amigos are back, are back. But listen, we don't want to waste too much time with yeah. you. Um, so we want to jump right into this big potential fight between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Talk to us about how this makes sense and how could this really happen.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously the the very next big super fight for boxing. I mean, and it's everything you want for boxing to grow. I mean, you know, any time a heavyweight championship can be the big super fight that can only say good things for boxing, especially with everything else going on in every other sport. Um, there's, I mean, so many variables to get to Joshua and Wilder. It's definitely not going to be the very next fight. They can talk it up all they want. It's going to be the cheap selling point in Deontay Wilder's own fight this weekend in his rematch with Bermain Stavurn because who the hell wants to talk about a rematch with Bermain Stavurn? So obviously gotta <laughs> talk about the potential for Deontay's next fight to be against Anthony Joshua. So this is going to be the carrot that, you know, the promoters are going to dangle down the road. It could, you know, hopefully it's not going to be a, a Mayweather-Pacquiao situation or even dragged out as long as it took for Tinello and Golovkin to get to the ring, which wasn't even that long. I mean, it was only a year and change, but that's probably how long it's going to take for Joshua and Wilder to get there. My prediction is that as long as they both keep winning, they'll probably fight maybe this time next year if Anthony Joshua sticks to a three-fight schedule. That's the reality of mm-hmm. getting to Deontay Wilder. The trick is Deontay is going to have to realize because of the way his, his entire title reign really has gone, you know, especially with the way this year has gone, he's going to have to play ball in order for that fight to, to happen because Anthony Joshua, as we mentioned, he's clearly in the driver's seat. I mean, over 160,000 fans have attended his past two fights. You know, obviously ninety thousand for Klitschko, you I mean, that's a clash of the titans, so it's like, you know, that number is befitting, but seventy was it, seventy five, seventy eight thousand for Carlos Tacoma, mm-hmm. you know, a twelve day replacement, that's that's insane. You know, Wilder has his own replacement and they had a slash tick to prices in order to, to uh-huh. move forward with this fight. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a knock on Deontay. He was supposed to fight Luis Ortiz, but, you know, Deontay Wilder is not going to draw 78,000, you know, against Severn. If he could draw 7,800 right. at Barclays, then maybe it's going to be more, so- and then that's a victory for Deontay. <laughs> but his drawing power is nowhere near Anthony Joshua. Nobody's drawing power is anywhere near Anthony Joshua. That's something Anthony, uh, Deontay Wilder has to understand at this point.
1: Well, okay, so if, if Anthony Joshua does take two fights next year, yes. before the big Wilder fight, Who are some potential opponents for Anthony Joshua?
3: I really believe that Anthony Joshua is going to get to Joseph Parker before Deontay Wild, and here's why. Eddie Hearn is showing that he is willing to do business with just about any promoter. He has a working relationship with Bob Aaron. We saw it this summer when Terrence Crawford beat Julius Ndongo. Eddie Hearn was a co-promoter. He brought Ndongo over there. He also brought Julian White on the card. You know, Aaron granted, you know, Eddie Hearn the, the undercard slot. So they have a working relationship. Bob Arum goes way back with, you know, with Eddie's father, Barry Hearn, the Hall of Fame promoter. So uh, Bob Arum has tied to Joseph Parker. He is his co-promoter. He has a deal on ESPN. So here's the thing with Anthony Joshua. His contract with Showtime ran out. So Showtime matched HBO's offer in order to get this fight on Showtime this weekend. He is not contractually tied to any American network at this point. Eddie Hearn can shop in wherever he wants. Can you imagine Anthony Joshua, already the sport's biggest star, now fighting on ESPN, which has far more mm-hmm. eyeballs than HBO or Showtime? So the fact that Bob Aram could deliver a unification fight with uh, Joseph Parker, I, I think that's a huge deal to make. And Andy Hearn is nobody's fool. He's you know he's going to look for the biggest deal for Anthony Joshua. Joshua mm-hmm. and Wilder, I believe, both see Joseph Parker as an easy way to obtain a title. I found it laughable that Parker was saying, oh, you know, Joshua looks slow and robotic. It's like he just knocked out all... Well, Regardless of the controversial stoppage, he stopped the guy that Joseph Parker struggled totally mightily with in order to get to the title. And yet Parker's trying to disrespect Anthony Joshua's performance. I found that laughable. I think Parker knows that everyone's viewing him as easy money. It's going to be time for him to cash out his title in 2018. And if he's smart, he's going to go for Anthony Joshua. Because Anthony Joshua really has no obligations in 2018. He could chase titles, he could chase optional opponents, he has no mandatory obligations in the foreseeable future. That's the smart thing about getting your mandatories out of the way, then you can move on to the big fights.
1: So let's, let's, uh, yeah. What do you think about the winner of Hay versus Bellu? Do you think that would be a potential fight? Bellu, whatever, Jake. You're the one uh, that pronounces everything
3: right. (laughs) Tony Bellu, yep. It's a big, I mean, you know, obviously if David Hay wins, that's a big domestic fight. I don't think Bellu's gotten Mm -hmm. very much traction from his riveting role in Creed, and, you know, even in beating, uh, you know, one-legged Hay in the first fight, it's, I, I don't, even if Bellew won the rematch, I don't see that as a very big fight. It'd be, for Joshua, it's it's a nice, you know, appetizer. It's a good stay-busy fight. It'd be a very big fight in the in the UK. I mean, any fight with Anthony Joshua is a big fight in the UK, but for Bellew, I mean, that'd be a career-defining moment. Uh, Joshua Hay, I have to imagine, it would be a huge pay-per-view event over in the United Kingdom. You know, Hay has enough traction in the United States where, you know, maybe on this side of the pond we would be interested as well, but I don't think it's first and foremost in their plan. If anything, it'd be like an in-between. It's like, if he can get Parker next, I think that'd be the best scenario. And then, you know, if he has to fight, hey, he would. If he has to fight, you know, yeah. Kubrick-Pulev by then, you know, maybe he gets that out of the way. His WBA mandatory, I mean, it's supposed to be next, but he doesn't have a mandatory challenger because that situation is just a mess. So and that's what I'm talking about, the freedom with Joshua. He has a lot of flexibility to fight, really, whoever he wants in 2018. So... You know, if if Eddie hearn smart, is going to make it three big fights, what he can do, I mean, if he does fight Parker next, I mean, obviously that takes place in England or, you know, maybe Australia if he has to go there. But if that fight doesn't happen next, Eddie Hearn is already, you know, establishing a brand, attempting to establish a brand in the United States. Maybe he tests the waters and brings Anthony Joshua Mm -hmm. over here. He fights whoever the hell he wants in the United States and sees just how big he is, you know, around the world and not just in England. So,
1: Yeah, well, Anthony Joshua's deal with Showtime is up. And um, what is the likelihood that he resigns with Showtime or that he switches networks and moves over to HBO where we see Eddie Hearn doing a lot of his business these days?
3: I guess it's going to depend on what fight he obtains. I don't don't see the need for him to sign an exclusive deal with Showtime at this point. I think he can do it on a fight-by-fight basis. And I'm pretty sure Eddie yep. Hearn knows that. And I'm not going to – never in a million years am I going to tell someone like Eddie Hearn how to conduct his business. He, if anything, he could tell me how to conduct mine. But um,
2: I, I don't think he has to and sign he with will.
3: particular network. Yeah, of course he will. But um, I don't think he needs to sign with the network. I think he should just – he, of all people, like everyone was getting on Mikey Garcia that, oh, he's a free agent. He has no promoter. You know, he has some ties to Showtime, but – that he needs a promoter, you know, Anthony Joshua's in the opposite situation. He has a great promoter. He doesn't need a network. He can, he can go fight on all three networks if he wants next year.
2: Yeah. So um,
3: I know HBO, um, I asked him about it. They, they said it's not even worth discussing at this point. So um, my understanding is that while Showtime's deal is up, they might have one more uh, first, last, right? Whereas like if HBO makes an offer on his next fight, Showtime might have one more where they can, um, they have the option to match. Mm. I, I don't see them offering Deontay Wilder fight, saying, "Well, you have to sign long term." I, I just see them going after that fight, period. And especially yeah, if it happens in the United States, and they can do it on play per view, it's like, you know, what, I mean, obviously, it's nice to secure the heavyweight champion uh, long term. But if Joshua decides, you know what, I don't want to sign with you. I don't need Deontay Wilder. He needs me. Then he, he's going to go look elsewhere. And I don't think any network really wants that. I think every network wants to be in the Andy Anthony Joshua business. So while the idea of you know signing someone long term is great. I think it would be beneficial for any network just to sign him fight by fight and then hopefully just build a relationship from there. Because, I mean, Showtime's already had him, and he hasn't re-signed with him yet. So I don't I –
1: don't, <sighs> except
3: for his next two or three fights, I don't see him tying himself to U.S. Network.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, Jake, thank you so much for joining us this morning for Jake's Take. We're going to take another quick commercial break, and we will be right back with Adrian Granados.
0: Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com.
2: Good morning. We are back, and it looks like our guest is in the queue. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome our guest, Adrian Granados. Good morning, Adrian.
4: Good morning, buenos días. How's it going?
1: Buenos días. Buenos días, buenos días, buenos días. Dias. <laughs>
2: hey, hey. It's good to be Hi. back with you. We we haven't had a chance to talk with you for a while and we know that it's always been a tough road for you to get to the big fights that you want. And I know for a long time you were on your campaign, the the hashtag fuckboxing. Campaign. Now that you have this big fight, is it is it still fuckboxing at this point, or are we going to take a pause on the hashtag for right uh, No, now? no,
4: no, no. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that. Uh, low key, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad people caught on to that because, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was definitely a hashtag fuckboxing. Like I was just, I was so fed up. I was so tired. Like I just, yeah, I was just like, that's why I, I went on that rant. I'm like, man, I'm gonna retire. I'm, I'm tired of this bullshit. But, but and I'm like. Nah, you know, I just, you know, stuck stuck, stuck true to the, you know, true to the game and, you know, uh, like to give thanks definitely to my fans, my family and uh, my team, you know, definitely, you know, keeping me in there, keeping me motivated, keeping me to, you know, to come back, push back and, and, you know, just, uh, you know, through the graces of God, we've gotten this great opportunity uh, coming for uh, November 4th.
2: It is a great opportunity. Before the fight got announced, the that well, got announced that Sean Porter was your opponent. I went back in your social media to the point right before they announced your opponent and you were excited that you had an opponent, but you thought it was going to be a tune-up opponent. At that time, you really thought that or were you just playing with us on social media so that the announcement would come?
4: No, no, no. It was it was it was all honesty. I uh I was gonna fight, yeah, on the undercard of that twin bill that had Abner Mares and uh, Santa Cruz in different fights. Uh it was a mm-hmm. good night of boxing. And um what's it called? Yeah, it was um it was I was gonna be off T V, you know, I like I couldn't get nothing, so I was like, Yo, like y'all gotta give me something and they did and then I was like, Thank God, you know, so I'm like, Man, I don't even care. It was like a 500 opponent. I'm like, oh well, there's no small opponent ever. And I'm like, at least, at least I'm on there. You know, at least I'm gonna be back in the game. You know, so I was just like, all right, let's get this win. And you know, they were talking about getting me back in in December. And I was like, all right, cool, let's go. You know, and I, I got, I got rejuvenated. And I got right, like I, I was already in decent shape. But like I was just like, it was just getting becoming like, like just like no. No uh, no motivation, like, I was just going to the gym, and just because I know I had to be there, like, I just, I had nothing to prepare for, I, like, I was just waiting, waiting, <sighs> and I was, I was so annoyed with hearing, like, oh, you know, you beat Adrian you I'm like, all right, all right, man, that shit old news, like, I'm like, like you know, I know I did, but, you know, I tell people, too, like, that wasn't the best Adrian Granados, you know, I had no excuses, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it was just, it wasn't the best, It wasn't it wasn't my best, and I got better coming. But, uh, yeah, back to that, yeah, I, uh, I was going to take that fight, and I'm like, all right, cool, let's just get back in it. And then out of nowhere, yeah, on a Tuesday, I think, they hit me up. <laughs> then I, they gave me the idea, and I was like, okay, let me think. I thought about it overnight, and then the next day, I'm like, okay, let's go. and then the next day, I got a contract. The next day, it was an announcement. I was like, oh, wow, that was fast. <laughs> I was like, like after that, I like, I like, my, my, my dry-ass phone turned into, like, I was blowing up for like, hey, everybody, everybody coming <laughs> in. I like that. I like that. That's hilarious
1: how that happens. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> well, well, let's be honest, Adrian. The words "tune up" are really not in your vocabulary. I mean, you have fought Leonardo Tiner, Frankie Gomez, Felix Diaz, Brad Solomon, Amir Mann, Adrian Broner, and now Sean Porter. So, I don't really think that the words "tune up" have ever really come up in your career or are even in your vocabulary.
4: Yeah, no, you, you you missed out on uh, Kermit Cintron. I, I was only 9-1. Oh,
1: one.
4: yeah. My bad. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good. I'm just, uh, uh but yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, all the names you dropped, yeah, definitely all tough warriors. And, uh, no, I mean, I've had to do it that way, you know. Um, I didn't have the big promoter. I didn't have the big uh, backing out of the amateurs, you know. I, uh, a lot of people didn't really know who I was unless you were a Chicago faithful, you know. So, uh so like yeah, I had a grind. I had to sell my tickets. I always had my, you know, side job. I did it all, you know, uh, from uh, you know, freaking um, valet, busboy, dishwasher, mm. uh, to like working the bank, working landscaping, working you know, uh, you know, errand runner, GrubHub, Uber, like whatever I could do, just so I could stay, you know, boxing. And um and yeah, no, like like you know. Thanks be to God. Like I finally, you know, it's been like two, three years now that I've been, uh, I've been, you know, just focused on boxing, you know. And I, I do uh, attribute that, you know, to my team, uh, you know, Journeyman Management now TGB Promotions, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. So, you know, I don't take anything for granted, and, uh, and yeah, no, that's why, that's why the way I fight. I, I mean, I, that's why I had to take all them tough fights, you know, because I had, to, I wanted to get somewhere in the game, and, you know, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew. Well, going through all what I was going through, I was hoping to come out undefeated. And I know a lot of people argue a lot of, uh, about my losses and draws, you know, but I mean, I'm like, man, I had to get where I had to go. And yeah, maybe I could have been more cautious, but I'm like, I don't think I would be where I'm at today. You know, if I if I didn't take some of those risks and chances.
1: I agree. I think that those fights kind of made you who you are today and you don't have the luxury of other fighters that could cherry pick and decide when you want to fight. And so when that call came in for Sean Porter, it was pretty much like, take it or leave it, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, it was like, you either take it or not.
4: Exactly. Exactly. And I know, you know, I've paid a little attention to the critics and everything like how, you know, oh, Sean's fighting a small, you know, 140 pounder, or whatever. And, and, and I mean, that was one thing I did think about. I was like, man, I'm like, I got to get another fight at 47. Like I wanted to fight at mm. 140, you know, but, uh, but, I mean, yeah, I'm like, man, dude, I'm like, you, you know, talking to myself, I'm like, Adrian, you got to eat. You got to eat, bro, so go go <laughs> get it. So, like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I had to do. You know? so Be-
1: beating, Sean, beating Sean Porter would actually make you Keith Thurman's mandatory. So, you know, God willing, you beat Sean Porter. Do you stay at 140? I mean, do you go back down to 140 or do you stay at 47 and fight Keith Thurman?
4: No, well, yeah, I'm a, I mean, yeah, that's that's the way it's written down. Um, I mean, yeah, if I get a an opportunity to fight for a world title, I'll, I'll definitely take my shot. at it.
2: You know, when
1: you look at, right. what,
2: I know you wanna I know you wanted to fight another fight down at um uh, at one forty. If the progression, if you win this fight, like we mentioned, on a Thurman. Could this be the sign of a permanent shift to 147? If the memento keeps going, will you keep going in that direction, or do you just still feel you're most effective at 140?
4: Um, that's a great question. Um, I mean, yeah, we honestly, I don't know. You know, I, I just can only. All I can do is take it one fight at a time. Uh, see, you know, how my body feels and how, you know, what what you know what decision I have to make.
2: You know, like I mentioned when you first came on, I'm the I'm the social media stalker, and I like to see what's going out there and what the fighters are talking about. And I have to ask you because you get hype, and I can I appreciate that. And I saw that you were getting a little bit of hype, maybe like you had a little beef with the PBC jab segment. Did I hear you were going off about a PBC jab segment? You yeah. Swear?
4: It was it was nothing against you know the PBC network. Well, I, like I guess it was because it's just like, I just I felt disrespected because the way they put it out was they're like when Sean Porter gets past Adrian Granado, like you know LT Gray. Mm. Like I I went off. I woke up to that. You know, I woke up. to – I was up early in the morning having my breakfast. And I just finished my breakfast. I read that and and I was uh I was, I talked to my you know older cousin. And after I got the phone with him, I got that notification, so I checked it out. Oh, what are they talking about with Sean, you know? And immediately, I didn't even watch the the. I didn't really watch that even interview until this morning, but like the way it said, like when Sean Porter gets past El Tigre AG, like how like who what time is whistle? I'm like damn, like you know they already writing me up, they already got him me like like no yeah, you no know, you guys think. Like no, no 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 don't don't catch your chickens before they hatch. I'm like, I ain't I ain't no walk in the park. Don't take me like like you, he's just gonna get past me, like y'all can already start planning his next fight, like, all right. So yeah, it was I was just fired up but I mean, no, nah, I know yeah, like, I even had a couple of my homies, you know, like, Oh no, don't let it get in your head, you know, that's what they want. I'm like, Man, no, nah, like I had to voice my opinion. I'm like I ain't even tripping, you know, but I'm like that you know, I felt that was super disrespectful and yeah, like and every different Twitter or every different social media, I was like the 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 like one. I was like the disrespect is real. Another one's like, man. Yeah. Dare
1: you.
4: And finally, on the last one, I'm like, put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right.
2: That's
1: right. Do, do, do you ever think that being so vocal maybe hurts you or gets you benched Because we see a lot of PBC fighters, they stay real quiet, like they're almost scared to speak up you know a lot of them only fight once a year but they seem to be content but you're very vocal do you think that helps you or hurts you well no i think you know what
4: it is people have just told me to, to like i've actually that's always been me i've always been more of the quiet type i don't like to talk i don't like to be on social media but uh yeah no i had you know sponsors, uh, friends, family, that they're like, bro, you gotta get out there, you gotta get at people's necks, you gotta talk some shit, you gotta, I'm like, nah, dude, they're like, they're like, we know that's not you, Adrian, but, dude, you gotta get out here, like, ain't nobody wanting to fight you, or they're always making excuses, or they're always throwing some, like, oh, cause of this, cause of that, they're like, get out there and make people wanna watch you, you know, and I'm like, alright, well, so I started, you know, like, I know, uh, Regis had called me out once, so I answered that, you know, and then, uh, and then Amir try to say something on my Twitter, and I clap right back on him, and like, and everybody loving it. Like I get mad like like that, cause they love it, cause they're like, like I, how you guys. I think I heard you guys say it last time when I hung up. Like I didn't realize, like y'all didn't realize I was so charismatic. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I don't show that, you know. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. Like a lot of people don't really know me, you know. So, so yeah, like on my little Twitter game and my little Twitter beast and shit. Like people realize, like man, Adrian's is a little smart. That <laughs> He's kind of an asshole like like no nah, like look I play basketball. No, we love years. it. Nah, no. Like I I know nah, how you
1: to can... talk. I know
4: how to talk. I know how to talk some shit. Not only that, I'm I'm well educated. So you ain't gonna outsmart a smart motherfucker, you know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You better you better tell him put the respect on your name. So since you exactly. watched the, the PVC exactly. jab thing this morning, Whose face is going to be on the heavy bag? Like, if you got to print something out today on the heavy bag. Because let's keep it real. Sean Porter is not talking best. He's kind of a nice guy. He's really a nice guy. Oh, yeah. So yeah, who no, no, yeah. is on the heavy yeah. bag today? He's on He's
4: on the heavy bag today? What you mean?
2: Like, like since, you to you watched, well, since you said you watched the PVC jab thing and it made you mad, and so you're going to channel all that when you go in the gym today, whose face are you going to see on that heavy bag when you go work out today?
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, myself, myself. I'm still my worst enemy. I'm still my worst critic. I'm just gonna be like, you know, what's up? All oh, that jabs too weeks. All oh, that, right? Man. You ain't on nothing, boy. You ain't on nothing. Granados. They think, you know, they, <laughs> they 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 think you're a cherry pick dog. They think they think you. They getting past you, bro. Like you ain't shit, bro. Like like yeah, I'm I'm always in my own head. <laughs> Good.
1: Well, listen. Before we let you go, we have a quick game that we like to play here called Spitfire. So I'm going to ask you really quick questions, and you got to, like, just give me your first thought, your first answer, like one, two, like real quick, okay? Okay, okay. All right, here we go. Best opponent you've ever faced?
4: Frankie Gomez.
1: What fight do you think you really lost?
4: Uh, man, I guess. I don't know. There's a couple that are like here, there, and there, but I'm guessing maybe the Frankie Gomez. That's why I just said that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I yeah. tried on that one. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah.
1: That's okay. The hardest puncher that you've ever faced in the ring. Hardest puncher. Uh, Kermit. And Your then uh, a uh,
4: close, close second is Mark Salser for sure. Who? Mark Salser. He was 15 and 0. Fought him on ESPN Friday Night Fight. He dropped me twice the first time he dropped it was the worst I was ever heard in the boxing ring.
1: Mm. Wow. Okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. I came back to win by knockout though. I know nice. that's right.
1: Okay. Favorite, favorite
4: current fighter. Uh, man. Uh, besides
1: yourself. Well, I, well,
4: obviously, yeah, I'm shooting. Um, but, um, uh, man, well, my favorite fighter who retired Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, I can't Your really favorite pick.
1: current fighter. There's nobody that you're like, oh, I got to watch him when he fights. Oh, I like him. Like, there's nobody man, in there's boxing so- today where you're like. Oh, plenty,
4: plenty. There's lomonchenko There's Regandau. There's Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Um, Man, Javante the, the, uh, Davis, okay. Tevin Farmer. seven Farmer for sure. Shout out to Seven Te- Farmer. Met him in New York. Um, yeah, yeah plenty fighters. blo uh, uh, boxing is definitely alive still. Like live. All low. right. All right. Two
1: last Spitfire questions. Answer them as quick as you can. Why such long layoff?
4: Because they scared of me.
1: Woo! Why have you been matched so tough?
4: Uh, because I have no choice. I got. I got. I, I have no choice. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, all right, Adrian. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to your fight on Saturday, and all the best. And you're always welcome here. You got some friends over here with RB and J. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you, thank
4: you two ladies. Thank you.
1: All right. All right. All
2: right. We'll take a quick commercial. We'll be back with some, in case you missed it, and some more stuff too.
0: Are you an elite athlete looking to take your training to an elite level? Then Porter High Performance Center in Las Vegas is your number one spot. Our private training facility offers you high-altitude chambers, a boxing ring with telestrators, cryogenics tubs, helix machines, a multi-purpose weight machine, and more. Come and train like an elite champion with us at Porter High Performance Center. For more information, contact us on social media at Porter High Performance and through former world champion at Showtime, Sean P. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you.
1: Yeah. Hey, Jay, before we get started with our In Case You Missed It segment, I want to remind everyone that we are giving away today a boxing glove signed by Mike Tyson, courtesy of theboxinginsider.com. So make sure if you want to play the game with us, Boxing Trivia Note or Blow It, that you press 1, and we'll pick you up and give you a trivia question, and you can win the glove.
2: All right. Let's jump
1: into some in-case-you-missed-it news brought to you by
2: Undeterred. Are you undeterred? Make sure you shop their selection of signature and statement-making tees at undeterred.bigcartel.com. Victor Ortiz pleads guilty in a DUI case. According to reports, Ortiz struck a deal in his DUI case stemming from the September 24 arrest in Ventura County. As a result, he's been sentenced to three years probation, and as part of his probation, he's not allowed to patronize bars or anywhere where alcohol is the main draw. So what that makes me wonder, so can he not go to fights? Like, say he oh. wanted to go to a fight. Fights are sponsored by alcohol people, so like, let's say there's a like a PBC fight, he can't come to the fight? I wonder how that works. Or is it just bar? Because, I mean, alcohol is the main draw at a lot of fights I go to. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Also, on Twitter, Terry Flanagan said that a unification fight with Lennars was all but done. But then two days later, he tells the WBO he's not going up to 140 pounds. What's up with that, RB? People want the fight. They don't want the fight.
1: You know, he was on Twitter talking about this fight is all but done because Mikey Garcia was like, come on, let's fight. And then literally, like, two days later, he informs the WBO, I'm moving up the long 40. What? I
2: don't know. These, I don't know. These people don't know what they want to do. Also, speaking of Mikey Garcia, Golden Boy President Eric Gomez jumped all over the opportunity to tell Mikey Garcia on Twitter Mikey, or if you're serious about wanting to fight Jorge Lenar, call me. No options, no extra fights. Straight up, no excuses. And he texted him back or tweeted him back, no need to put it out in public. You have my number. I'll call you later, bro. Look, you can't have it both ways. We just saw that Garcia put it out there that he was offered the Cotto fight with options and extra <laughs> fights. So are there options or are they not options? Is an option for some or not for others? I mean, man, just make a fight. Just make a fight. Make a war, if you will, if you will. Also coming up this week, uh, Kovalevich shebranski has been approved for the vacant WBO world title on November 25th, so the WBO continues to make news. And Miguel Burchoff said he was unable to defend his title against Orlando Salido on December 9th because he has a right-hand issue and has been pulled for the fight. So now Team Salido is seeking a rematch with Francisco Vargas. Boy, it's been a tough time trying to get Salito in the ring. We try to get Salido mm. in the ring, and it never quite tried It, it never pans out. So we'll just wait yeah. and see what happens. So what about uh, you, we'll What you think over there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Julian Williams is returning to the ring. He's going to fight Ishay Smith on November 18th on Bounce TV. Devin Alexander also returns to action on November 21st on Fast Sports One against Walter Castillo. I don't know who that is. Anthony Durrell, he's fighting, he's fighting Dennis Duglin in Flint, Michigan, on November 17th, just in case that went over your head. Dennis Duglin, they call him mama's boy. He's actually trained by his mom. And a quick little funny story that I have is that he was telling some people that when he was in the amateurs, his mom used to train him out back, tease him because his mom was his trainer. But he's gotten pretty far. He's going to make a good payday, and his mom is in his corner, and that is his trainer, okay? Um, Miguel Cotto said last week that he doesn't think that Saddam Ali has a shot in hell. He does not have a chance to beat him. Well, I'm sure glad that this fight got made. I mean, <laughs> there's no shot. I mean, Ali has no chance at all. I mean, when Miguel Cotto comes out talking like that, it's like, Wow. I'm glad we got this fight. Damn, that sounds Uh, like a
2: barn burner, then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Ray Vargas versus Oscar Negrete is finalized for the Koto Ali HBO undercard. And Terrence Crawford and his trainer, Bomac McIntyre, they were given the highest honor by the WBO this past week with fighter of the year, and trainer of the year, Crawford was also announced as Jeff Horn's mandatory by the WBO at their big at their big convention last week. So, shout out, well deserved to Team Crawford. Hall of Fame trainer Freddie Roach is going to make his UFC debut this Saturday night in New York. He's going to work the corner of an MMA fighter, um, George Saint Pierre, wow. in the main event of UFC 217. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out real quick with Bomac. I think Bomac was going for dance moves of the year too. I saw you, Bomac, on the on the Instagram live doing the wobble or whatever you was doing. I'm so look at Bomac out here getting his likes. So kudos to you, Bomac. That's a homie.
1: In a press release this morning, it was announced that Jose Pedraza signed a uh, a manager contract with Victory Sports and Entertainment out of New York and Las Vegas. So Pedraza has new management. I'm going to hit up Lou DiBella to see if he's also got a new promoter. Um, And the WBA has voted to make VADA testing mandatory. Shout out to the WBA for doing something right. Uh, VADA testing is necessary. We see too many guys popping dirty left and right. And that's all we got, say?
2: That's all we got. I well, it's good
1: that, uh, <laughs> to
2: get these people pop. Get them out of there. That move.
1: <laughs> Let, why don't we take a really quick commercial break? and we come back, let's go to the phone lines. Um, I want to play some Know It or Blow It. I want to give away this Mike Tyson autograph glove. And actually, our question today is really easy. So if you watch oh, boxing, God. you should be able <laughs> to win this glove. So press one if you want to play. We'll be right back.
0: WBC World Boxing Cares is a non charitable organization composed of compassionate volunteers under the guidance of the WBC. By sending world-class athletes into youth centers, hospitals, and orphanages, we bring a message of hope and inspiration to the children and their families, as well as donations appropriate for that particular institution and or event. World Boxing Cares is active in 164 countries under the WBC sanctioning umbrella. Look us up online at worldboxingcares.com and connect with us today. Big champions supporting little champions.
2: Yes, indeed. I want a belt still. Yes, I still indeed. Want the belt Reed, WBC. I got a fight coming I up feel, soon. I still want that WBC belt. Where the belt at? The one from the Canelo fight that he didn't want. The Huichal, Is that how you say it? I still, If there's still room here in Inglewood, if the WBC would like to drop the belt off, it doesn't need to be in a museum, It will, I assure you it would be perfectly safe here. And, you know, if you need a home for that, that really lavish belt, I got y'all. All right.
1: Well, we are looking for a player. We want to play "Know It or Blow It." Anybody daring to be great?
2: Here's what's killing me, yo. I'm looking at our switch. We got the nine one six, the four zero one, the two six seven. We got the eight one six, the two one three, the five zero four, the seven one eight. Gosh, but nobody's (laughs) pressing
1: one. we, We, you know what? We're gonna just start picking up people, like watch, man. We're going to just start getting real grimy and we're just going to start picking y'all up and testing your boxing knowledge. But you know what? I'm going to dish a little bit of word on the curb. I don't have a lot this week. Maybe somebody will feel froggy within the next two or three minutes. But guys, the question really isn't that hard. You can be anonymous. You don't even got to give us your name, bro. Just play no okay. it or blow it. We want to send you this Mike Tyson autograph glove and it is authentic. Okay. So, I'll dish a little bit of word on the curb. Uh, it. Terrence Crawford, he is slated to return March 10th in Las Vegas. I mentioned earlier that Jeff Horn has been named his mandatory. It is going to Las Vegas. We're not, we're not going to Omaha for this fight, and it will most likely land at the MGM Grand, not at the T-Mobile Arena. Top Rank is very smart about sizing their venues for the right fighter. So, T-Mobile's a little bit too big for a Crawford-Horn fight, but the MGM. Just perfect. Okay, so not sure if you guys knew this T, but Jesse Vargas did split with top rank, and he is now with Al Heyman. All parties, Jesse Vargas, Al Heyman, top rank, they came to a mutual agreement, a mutual understanding, and they definitely have parted ways. Jesse Vargas has been talking about making his ring return, like, on December 9th. But then you got people at PBC saying, well, it might not be that soon. So n- don't know exactly when Jesse Vargas is going to get into the ring again. But, yes, the split with top rank is final. Brandon Rios versus Danny Garcia. That is slated for December, but they are waiting on a date. Um, so it looks like we will de- see da- Danny Garcia back this year. But I wouldn't be so surprised if that pushed back into January just because there still is no date. And if we're already into November and they don't have a date for December yet, then that tells me it's probably going to get pushed back. And um, other word on the curb, Adrian Broner will not be back this year. Look out for him early next year. And that's all I got for word on the curb. Anybody willing to play know it or blow it?
2: I think, oh, man, look at these people. I thought I'd seen someone who pressed one we oh oh we got somebody from the Philly backyard who's we got a couple people pressing one. Do what do you think? Take your pick. Do we want caller number one or caller number two? You pick RB.
1: We could probably play two. I mean, just what were the area codes games? We got a two six seven, which
2: I know you know, and we got a four oh one. Let's start with the four oh one. Let's go to two
1: six seven. No, you know, let's go okay. to two six seven. Okay.
2: Let's do it. 267-595. You are on with R, B, and J. Who is this and where are you calling from?
1: Uh, this is Victor from Philly. What's up, Victor? Victor from Philly. What's good? What's going on? What part of Philly are you from? Uh,
4: West. Born where are the best
1: cheesesteaks at in Philly? What do you like? Where are the best cheesesteaks in Philly?
4: Uh, Tony Luke. Tony Luke. I
1: don't know what Ooh. Wait, Tony Luke, like over there on Swanton?
4: No, uh, Third and Snyder. I mean Oregon, Third and Oregon. Okay,
1: okay, okay. all right, cool. All right, look, we're gonna play some "Know It or Blow It." We're gonna give you ten seconds to win this Mike Tyson autograph glove. Ready, Jay? I'm ready. All right. Name us two current fighters from Texas. Victor, name us two current fighters. Two current boxers that are from Texas.
3: Uh, Earl Spence and uh, Jamal Charla.
1: Yep, you got it. All right. That was it. that wasn't hard enough. <laughs> yes. You know what? It you, you would be surprised how many people choke when that timer comes on. You know, when we said name of some fighters from Canada, people froze up. So, yes, Earl Spence, Charla, there's Laura, there's Vera. So, um, do you Trout? follow us oh, yeah. on Twitter? Oh, Trout. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Mexico.
3: I got. You. Oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter.
1: All right. What I need you to do is hit me up, and um, I will DM you, and you could send me your address, and we are going to send you this authentic boxing glove that's signed by Mike Tyson.
4: All right, nice.
1: All right. Thank you hey. for playing. Thank you for listening. All right. We got a winner. I'm
2: so excited. Finally! We've been
1: trying to, finally, 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 we finally, we have a winner and that
2: makes, that makes me very, very excited. Ooh, it's already 9.01, so I'm going to breeze yep. through the weekend fight schedule so we can wrap it up. This Boy, boy, RBC, how does I fly when we're having fun? It just went by so <laughs> quickly. So, the weekend fight schedule, you guys, Thursday, November 2nd, from Del Sol, Tucson, Arizona, Jesus Sotocadas versus Juan Carlos Abreu, and Ryan Garcia versus Cesar Allen Valenzuela in the co main event. That's ESPN G Golden Boy on ESPN, so make sure you tune into that. On Friday, the 3rd, from Florida, Sammy Valentin versus Alejandro Barbosa. That's on Telemundo, if you want to check that one. On Saturday, from Brooklyn, New York. Deontay Wilder versus Bermaine Saverne. Dominic Brazil versus Eric Molina. Sean Porter versus our guest this morning, Adrian Granados. So make sure you tune in on Saturday. If you're in New York, go out to the Barclays, take the train, buy some tickets, take some (laughs) pictures, wave at your girls. If you're going to the fight on Saturday, take some pictures of yourself at the Barclays, and it has to be the fight. You have to have something to prove that's your fight. We're going to send you
1: something from the show. We're going to send gonna you, send some, you from- some morning punch. We, go. and we got a bunch of morning punch and show wristbands. We could send some fans here. Yeah, we're
2: going to send them something. We're going to send some love and happiness, too. Also on Saturday, from Monaco and HBO, Jamie McDonald versus Librio Solis and Dimitri Bival versus Trent Broadhurst. So that's on HBO. And on BN Sports, Luis Neary versus Abner Lopez. And that is your weekend fight schedule,
1: fans. Alright, today's show was brought to you by the TheBoxingInsider.com John Francis Agency, Porter High Performance Center, NationwideAutoWarranties.com War Tape Brand Red Beach Advisors and the WBC Cares. It is so good to be back, Jay. We will be back next Monday right here at 8am This is the Morning punch Show Have an amazing day. We're out <laughs>